The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Acunet Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Acunet Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Acunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Well, a very pleasant Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Mark Segrist, along with Acunet Mortgage and Realty Advisors, owner, President Brian Wickard, and Senior Vice President Jerry Sirkatich. Pleasure to be with both of you guys. Welcome to the studio today. Well, it's always good to be here at Radio City, as we Radio, call it. It is. That sounds big. Back. That sounds bigger yes. than big. What was that line in uh, Sunset Boulevard? Hey, you used to, William Holden said, hey, you used to be big, right? No, I'm still big. It's the pictures that got small. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Let me uh, do my thing here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Throw out the Accurate Mortgage and Realty uh, text uh, line and talk line. It's 414, as usual, 799-1620. So give us a call for your questions for our experts. Gentlemen. All it's right. Well, uh, your I heard, shoe. It's your I, shoe. I heard you do it, so I have to wish my mother, Marjorie Showalter, who's driving with my brother David up to Green Bay to celebrate Mother's Day in Green Bay today. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. We had had a very nice lunch over at Tudor Oaks uh, yesterday yeah, with Mom and, and her Happy husband, Happy Mother's Dan. Day to all the moms. All the moms out there. So we're going to talk a little bit about housing affordability to get this show started. Easy for me to say. And I came across this really interesting home price index that we talked about uh, as we were discussing what we were going to talk about before mm -hmm. the show started. And it's called the <clears throat> Real Home Price Index. As So apparently it's calling the other ones yeah, un uh, unreal? Unreal? <laughs> unreal or maybe not as real as this one. So this is put out by the good folks at First American Title and Data Company. And so what they've done is, in addition to looking at the actual home price movement over the years, they've also factored in the interest rates and income. Because if you think about it, oh, my gosh, that does really impact affordability is how much money am I making and where are interest rates. Jerry hit this nail on the head while we were getting ready for the show. Um, where we're going to talk a little bit at the bottom of the hour that right now 30-year fixed rates are at about 45 4.625%. You want to hazard a guess back to January 2000, because that's when this index is calibrated to. What do you think rates were? 6%, 7%, 8%, what do you In that go? ballpark, maybe? Okay. 8.21%. Okay. 8.21%. That's not quite double what they are now, but... Not really all that long ago. Yeah. You think people probably don't realize or remember rates being over 8%, or many of us. No. Some, some of us do. No. But, oh, yeah, because uh, you and I were slinging loans back then. Exactly. But yeah. there are some just entering the market over the last oh, yeah. five, what? ten years. The rate of 6%. Anyway, and that was the rate if you were willing to pay one point or 1% of the loan balance up front. Anyway, so so the this calculation uh, that's being done is naming the 12 cities where real home prices are rising the fastest. In other words... It's becoming less affordable at the quickest rate. And in 12th position was Cleveland, where the real home price index jumped up 6.3%. So you could also think of that as buying a house became 6.3% less affordable. And the median price, I was shocked, $135,000 in Cleveland. I had no yeah. idea it was that affordable. The real house price index is only 48.2%, meaning it's 52% more affordable to buy 
buy a home in Cleveland today as it was in January of 2000, which is kind of crazy low. Uh, one other little calculation I did is if, if you owned a home that was worth $100,000 in Cleveland back 18 years ago in 2000, it's worth $122,000 today, so not much of a leap. Um, by the way, number 11, uh, fastest growing home unaffordability <laughs> is Atlanta. The home affordability index is up 6.9%. Boston is number 10 at 6.9%. By the way, the median sales price in Boston is $406,000. This is where Milwaukee showed up on the list, and I was surprised. We're in ninth place, meaning that uh, the affordability or the home price index in real terms was up 7.5% from a year ago. Yeah. That's it, it, quite a leap. Yes, and $180,000 yeah. median Median price. sales price. We are at 95% of the index value back in 2000. So it's 5% more affordable today to buy a home in the city of Milwaukee than it was in 2000. Right? It's probably the metropolitan statistical area. By the way, if you owned a $100,000 home back in 2000 in Milwaukee, now worth 156700 So more than double mm-hmm. the appreciation compared to the Cleveland, Cleveland. area. Or rounding out this uh, list, Orlando uh, saw 8.3% index in the real home price index. Minneapolis, 8.37%. Tampa up 8.95%. Columbus, Ohio up 9%. Jacksonville up 9%. Charlotte up 10%. And then, uh, okay, coin toss, uh, Mark, you don't know this. Do you think it's either Seattle or Las Vegas that had the most increase in the home, the real home price index last year? I'm going to say Las Vegas. You are correct. Las Vegas up 12.9% with a median sales price of $245,000 in Seattle, which I would have bet money on Seattle. Yeah, with all the technology, you know, infrastructure up there, they're up only only 11% for a median price of $452,000. So quite a range of just, you know, let's think about this. Cleveland, Ohio at 135000 median sales price. Uh, Seattle at 452000 They top out the list yeah. for median home sale price. Right, right. They're at the top of the list. I don't want to get you off track. No, that's but fair. I, I'm interested. What's your thought on what's going on in Cleveland? I don't know. What uh, do you suspect? The Browns aren't winning. Maybe there's, something, there's, there's something happening, all right? I don't really know. I, I have not studied that. That is interesting. Because, you know, Columbus, you know, look at Columbus, Ohio, was on the list. They're up 9% in the real home price mm-hmm. index. And they're at like 175 in median sales price. So I don't really don't know what explains the low median sales price in uh, Cleveland. Okay, so speaking of affordability, when we come back from this uh, next break, we're going to talk about truly affordable housing, and that is the housing that our good friends at Milwaukee Habitat for Humanity are putting in place with their Midtown 100 project that kicks off a week from tomorrow. We'll cover that when we come back. And you're listening to the Accunate Mortgage and Realty Show right here on WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the Accunate Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. The world's largest music festival, right around the corner, and WTMJ is your one-stop shop for Summerfest information. Now, to get the full musical lineup of the big gig, text the word Summerfest to the Acunet Mortgage and Text Line. The number, of course, as always, is 414-799-1620. Brian and David, 
what you're doing with Habitat sounds really exciting. Yeah, yeah. We've got the Midtown 100 project is going to get kicked off a week from tomorrow. And, Jerry, uh, what day are you going to be out there swinging the hammer? I, I'll be out there multiple days. I, I, you know, okay. It's Monday. We're there Monday, Monday through Thursday. Tuesday, Monday through Thursday before Memorial Day. And if, if you want to come out and swing a hammer with your friends from Acunet, you can just go to the MilwaukeeHabitat.org website. But, Mark, this is really kind of historic. And we yes. had, uh, we had uh, Jake from Habitat on, what, a month or two ago? Yes, he was wonderful. First yes. announced this. But the upshot is that it's the largest concentration of affordable single-family homes that are being built in Milwaukee since World War II. Mm. Wow. So we are, over the next three years, and I say we, Acunet's going to help, along with a lot of other partners with Milwaukee Habitat, we're going to build 65 new homes, and that's what we're going to be starting on a week from tomorrow, literally building the walls, the foundation we don't have to lay. They have professionals come right, in and right. put the concrete foundation in, thank goodness. But then we put on the, uh, I think the flooring is there when we get there, but we start building walls and putting up right. all It's like an Amish barn raising. It is really fun. It is. And Great you, cause. You don't have to be good at carpentry to do it. it, no. it they really have a system that can use anybody. Uh, right. They do have professionals there yeah. that are, uh, Skilled are, guiding, are guiding us uh, That's right. along the way. That's right. But it, it's really a good time. And then we're also going to do uh, 20 critical repairs to uh, folks who already live in the neighborhood. And the Midtown 100, or Midtown is a neighborhood that's just east of Washington Park, which is where uh, Milwaukee Habitat was working on neighborhood revitalization for the prior five years. Yes. And did a ton You're of You're revisiting this mission. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's all about really concentrating your firepower in one neighborhood because then you get things like a 48% reduction in crime on the blocks where uh, Habitat built in Washington Park. I mean that is fabulous, and they already we already have a great crop on a uh, crop I should say on the uh, of existing habitat homeowners. If you look at the back of the flyer I gave you, it gives you the dots of the green homes where we already have habitat, and then we're going to build another bunch of them, and we're going to do fifteen home rehabs. So the cool thing about Milwaukee Habitat is not a giveaway. None of Habitat for Humanity is a giveaway. The homeowners have to put in seven. 40-hour weeks. Mm-hmm. If you're a single person, you have to actually nine, nine, uh, nine full-time weeks of work on somebody else's house or maybe your own. Right. Imagine that. I mean, this is in addition to them working a full-time job because you have to be employed and you have to pay back about a $95,000 mortgage. Uh, so this is not a giveaway program. There's a, I don't think most of our borrowers would, vol- would put in that kind of sweat equity. No, that is quite... A commitment. Yeah. No no question. And, and that's the hardest thing about being a Habitat homeowner is fitting in all those volunteer hours. Right. Um, so so you, you have to pay it back now. The rate is low, 0% on the mortgage, even lower than uh, Accurate Mortgage can provide. But it's a great uh, a great program and, and really going to change that entire neighborhood. Now, mm-hmm. on the other, we were just talking about in the first section of the show, affordability and how for, Milwaukee is getting less affordable at a clip of about seven and a half percent compared to last year. But I, I've got a story that we're going to come back to after this next break of a uh, couple where we're they're earning fifty one thousand five hundred dollars. So that's the typical Habitat homeowner, by the way, is in the high thirties, high thirty thirty nine, thirty eight thousand, maybe forty thousand for the household income. Um, but this couple, 51500 and we're going to be closing in a week. 
uh, on a $255,000 home purchase price with 3% down. And we're going to tell you a little bit about that in more detail in terms of the funding plan. Where is the money going to come from, and how are we going to put that all together? That's very critical. We're going to use this story as an example when we come back. All right, sounds great. And you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. All right, and we should tell you that, you know, a son's struggle with the opioid addiction meant a crash course on the problem for his parents. The couple talks uh, in heartfelt terms to keep his memory alive and their quest to help others when they join our colleague Gene Miller. That's all happening this morning at 11 o'clock right here on WTMJ as part of our WTMJ Conversation Series. Brian, before you left, you're about to share a story with us about a unique cash flow arrangement you're put together for a couple to achieve the house of their dreams, right? Yep. You know, and every every purchase transaction has a story of some kind. Right. And this is one an example where you, uh, th- these folks came in, we had an initial plan. Yep. And you wound up being able to... Come up with a little bit more creative. Yeah, try to improve it, make it more affordable. Yep. Uh, This is a good story. So, and I was just thinking before we, on the break, let's back up a half a step. These folks uh, ended up talking with their real estate agent's favorite mortgage lender lender first, and were told they could buy a $225,000 home tops. Okay, so that was a little low. And and by the way, I encourage people, first-time home buyers, to stretch. Well, absolutely, because home prices are going to continue going up. Why? There's not enough supply. And at least in the near term, interest rates are so likely they're, they're going to go up now. too. So the, now. Right. So rather than buying a house today at a cheaper, you know, you kind of settle for X, and then oh, yeah, in five years we're going to buy another house. David and I did a, a number on that a while, a couple of shows ago, where, man, it can really increase in price. The, the effect of compounding home price appreciation is rather startling. And uh, so this this couple, I ran the numbers, and I came up with, well, you know what? If we go with an FHA loan, you can actually afford to buy a $272,000 house. Woo, that's a big difference because FHA guidelines are more liberal than regular Fannie Mae traditional 30-year fixed rate loans. So long story short, and this happens a lot, once we arm somebody with a rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval, bam, they, they go out and they find the house of their dreams. It's like they've been holding back, and so now they go out and find it. So they get this offer accepted for $255,000, and we're starting out down the FHA plan because under that more liberal underwriting program, they could keep their car loan, which had a $200 a month payment, and a balance of around six grand. But I, because I'm the chief honesty officer, I couldn't resist pointing out that if we went with a regular Fannie Mae loan... It would require them to pay off their car, but they would end up actually with more equity in the home. And that's because of this little thing that doesn't get talked about. When you get an FHA loan, there's not only monthly government mortgage insurance that goes along with an FHA loan. Mm-hmm. In this case, that was going to be uh, $174 a month for the FHA loan. But there's also an upfront mortgage insurance premium. The FHA charges, which is equal to 1.75% of the loan amount, which in this case was $4,300. But don't worry, you don't have to pay that out of your pocket. The FHA program graciously allows you to finance that on top of your existing loan balance, which means you now have less equity. Right. 
you're eating into that 3.5% right. down payment you just made. You just gave $4,300 back, if you will, that you're never going to make back. And so it's not like um, she – I pointed that out to me. Why? Because I'm the chief honesty officer. And uh, and so then when she contemplated that overnight, she said, I really want to go with the Fannie Mae program. Okay, but now you gotta you got to pay off your car loan, and you don't have enough savings. So this is where it comes back to the funding plan. Don't worry, Mr. Wickert. We'll save the money before closing. I almost started to cry because that is really dangerous. <laughs> right? right? It's like, okay, really? And we we're about $2,000 short of what we needed to make the down payment, pay the closing costs, and pay off the Well, car. you were cutting it close. <laughs> but, really? But I went, oh, I mean, this is where the devil's in the details. So I'm like, okay, talk me through this. Well, I get paid my regular paycheck, and then I get a commission check, oh. and that's going to add up to like $2,300. So I'm like, okay, but if this... This is not going to be good if it doesn't work out. Now you're becoming their priest. Uh, my son <laughs> likes to say mortgage pastor. I am their mortgage because we're Lutheran, you know, mortgage pastor. But as a long story short, as luck would have it, they then did the inspection, came up with a few things that weren't quite up to snuff on the inspection. And so now they're getting a $2,000 seller credit towards closing costs. <laughs> so now we only have to document like $100 extra savings. So it's all going to work out. Never a doubt. <laughs> so the Kool-Aid stand went up where? That's right. The Kool-Aid stand. So, I mean, I, I totally do not recommend doing that audible in, in right. on, on right. you know, what we really, really want to do is have the game plan firmed up at the very beginning of the process and then do not change it. Because we've got a couple other stories that right. we'll get to after the news where it gets more exciting along the same theme of, doing an audible on the funding plan. We'll get to that after the news. That's good stuff. WTMJ News Time, 1030. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Join the studio this hour with by Brian Wickert and also uh, Senior Vice President Jerry Sirkatich. And uh, before we left for the news, you were sharing a great story about how you put together a special formula to help a, a client couple achieve their dream home, right? Yeah, and and we were talking about how important it is to document the down payment and money needed for closing. And mm -hmm. Jerry and I were just talking yeah. during the break. That caused me to think of another one recently <laughs> where I had to explain and apologize to a customer because they were irritated, and understandably so, um, at the level of detail that we needed uh, to document all the funds needed for closing. And I'm sure you've had this, Jerry, happen mm -hmm. where, you know, I guess I, I would say the world is divided into two camps. There are most transactions we have to document where all the money is, and if it's moving around. This is a big problem when it comes to buying a house. Oh, the money's in my Fidelity brokerage account. Well, guess what? They don't wire money out of Fidelity brokerage accounts, or most brokerage accounts you can't. Right. So the money has to move into your bank account, and then in most cases we have to track that movement. We have to show and document, okay, give me a screenshot showing the money going from Fidelity over to your Johnson Bank checking account. Oh, now I see it's there, and that's where the wire's going to come from. Right. Well, I, I was at uh, a, a closing this past Monday where we had documented enough assets where we didn't have to show the money moving around. That's our favorite thing. Is like, <laughs> right. Then we don't have to borrow. borrow so I'm kind of mixing up two stories. 
I, we don't have to bother the client for that irritating documentation of showing the money moving from here to there and there to there. But in this case, I was telling Jerry before the show, they were liquidating, and I didn't have to care about this, right, as their mortgage pastor, because I had documented plenty of income, but they were going to liquidate some stocks, and they didn't do it in time. So what's the rule, Jerry? You used to work at a bank. How long does money have to be in a bank account? Well, at minimum, usually three days. Yep. In some cases, as many as three to five days. Right. That they place a hold on those funds. Because they don't consider it good funds when it comes into your checking account right. from the broker, even if it comes electronically, you know, let alone a check. They'll say, you can't use this money. So here these folks were, and I didn't find out about it until we were closing. They had the money in their checking account, but they couldn't use it. So they had to get money from elsewhere. I don't know where, and I don't care. But they came up to, with it at the at the closing, but it was a little bit of a scramble for right. them. So, all right, so that's one story. In the other case... Uh, it was new construction where I had to apologize and kind of explain to the customer why we irritated them with this late game documentation chasing. And it was a case where they were buying new construction. And when we started out with the application in January, we thought there was only a $5,000 deposit that was given to the builder. And what we like to do is ignore those deposits because in order to count them towards the total money needed to buy the house, we have to verify that. What do we got to do, Jerry? We got to show that paper trail as well. That's right, which we typically do by getting a copy of the front of the check, right. and then we have to show the back of the check or that same check number clearing That's their bank account. Right. And so this was a check that was given back in August of 2017. So we didn't want to irritate the customer and go back and ask him for documentation that this darn check cleared. You know, six we would have needed right? their bank statement from yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, who wants to do that? So we, you know, had plenty of assets documented. But then, um, I think it was like late February, uh, we're locking in the rate, and the guy says, you know what, I want to lower my loan amount, which does what when you lower your loan amount, Jerry? Yeah, you need more money at closing. That's right. And we become aware of another $12,000 that he had given to the builder, like in October. So, you know, it's like, do we want to go back and bother him for the October statement now? To And because it was stretched out over such a long period of time, uh, we didn't do the calculation and realize that we went from having plenty of money to not enough money. And so now it comes to close this loan in late April, and now we're kind of doing the final accounting, and that's when we realize we don't have enough money verified mm -hmm. anymore. Why? because we lowered the loan amount at the customer's request, and we didn't account for that $12,000 second deposit that we didn't verify. So all of a sudden, we're scrambling around late in the game to prove that this gentleman has enough money, in fact, to close. And even internally, I'm, I'm just the chief honesty officer here, our, our employees couldn't really articulate how it happened because it got spread out over a period of weeks and months that we came to this point of... Right. It is a little bit longer than normal because it oh, was yeah. new construction. Because it's new construction, right. right. So it's kind of easy for that sort of thing to slip through the cracks. So, again, the takeaway from these last couple of stories that we're telling is you got to come up with the funding plan. Like, let's really map out where's the money going to come from and how is it going to get from where it is right now when you get that accepted offer to the closing table. Let's come up with that funding plan and stick to it. 
Don't do any audibles. Well, and come up with contingency plans. If, if Try to you know, learn, <sighs> is there a chance you may want to lower, you know, increase or decrease the loan amount? Because it sounds simple. Yeah. I just want to lower my loan amount by so $10,000. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need to, and we, we as, as we talk about, we don't like to irritate people. Correct. We uh, want to do what is, they want. Yeah, and, and, and when we ask for these statements, it is, it's really, it, the, the goal is to, for underwriting, confirm or verify that, that the source of the funds that were deposited is legitimate. Were from, yeah, a source that you had ownership of. It wasn't, there's no undisclosed debt, that you didn't go out and take out a loan and deposit those funds that in your money. account. That's, that's right. ultimately that's the, the reason. That's the fear in mortgage lending is undisclosed debts and right. using that. And am I correct, too, that in documenting all this stuff, you're saving the client a lot of pain should the question come up from the government, really? Well. Right? I mean, yeah, so well, you're. Ultimately, the pain would come back to haunt AccuNet. Yeah. And that's why we're oh. <laughs> it's self-preservation, Mark. Right. Yeah. It's not an IRS issue uh, for, yeah. the, for yeah. the client. Yeah. It's a uh, do we want to own your loan because <laughs> we didn't do a good job. All right. When we come back. I'd come to visit you in jail. I really would. Yeah. Yes. I look good in stripes. Um, Jerry, let's do a little rate roundup when All we right. come back. But I got more stories. This is one story. It reminds me of another one. But we'll do a little rate roundup and then some more stories before we wrap up. And you're listening to Story Hour on the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Uh, Megan Tuohy is the investigative reporter credited with helping ignite the global Me Too movement. She'll dig deeper into her commitment to cover issues affecting women and children. That's all coming up at 621 Monday on Wisconsin's Morning News. Really enjoying your stories this morning, guys. This is it's good stuff. We've got good stories. Let's tell the story about where interest rates are right now, Let's Jerry. Let's do that, and then we'll have plenty more here between now and when we have to wrap up. But, yeah, the very quiet week on the economic front, all right. which resulted in not much movement at all in interest rates. We're basically right where we were last week at this time. All right, which uh, is Actually, a little bit better. A little bit. Uh, you know, a few hundred dollars lower in uh, total loan costs. Okay. So we could deliver a 4.625, 30-year right. fixed rate, no points, no prepayment penalties, uh, 4.669 APR, and that would come with a total of $600 in loan costs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Last $600? $600. Does that include the appraisal, Jerry? It does include the appraisal. Wow. All in, all in. Uh, last week we were about 900 bucks. So okay, a so a little bit, bit of improvement in closing yeah, costs. 15-year, uh, 4.125. Okay. Per usual, about a half a point below the 30-year rate. So that holds true. APR on that, 4.196. Same cost of $600. Okay. Uh, then we'll, let's look at the seven-year arm from the 30-year fix, only a quarter point Oof. in interest rate savings, so 4.375 with a 4.739 APR. Again, though, no points, no prepayment penalties. Okay. Five-year arm, four and a quarter <sighs> with a 4.765. So That's unless, called a flat yield curve. Right, unless you, you know, really knew that you were being relocated or, or mm-hmm. you know, had a definitive plan to be out of the home within the first five years. That's flat like Oklahoma. Flat. It, it, it that is. is a flat yield curve. It is. And then well, let me, 4.5%, let's just finish with this. Yep. Uh, we could deliver at, on, at the end of the week 4.5% with a 4.576 APR, and that would only take three-eighths of a point. So for somebody that wanted to get into that 4.5, yep. they want to 4.5%, you know, three-eighths of a point, the total loan costs all in there 
uh, up to $1,938. All right, and the reason I asked you to mention that is because I went online before the show started and did a little rate check uh, in aisle Quicken, Quicken Loans, which is a registered trademark of Quicken Loans, Inc., and Quicken is a trademark of Intuit uh, Incorporated. They're quoting now 4.56%. So they've taken to this little trick of not quoting 45 but quoting 4.56, a little higher rate. As the rate, not the APR. Nah, yeah, as the rate. Now, their APR is a whopper of 4.88%, because for exactly the same uh, terms, meaning 25% down on a $200,000 loan with 760 credit, they're charging, are you ready, 4000 American dollars in points. That's two points. So they're, they're you know. And that does not include the appraisal, correct? Correct, or the title. Or and then they, we believe they're still charging a nine hundred and ninety five dollar loan origination fee on top of that. But mm-hmm. let's just go apples to apples. Our points were seven hundred and fifty bucks. Three eighths of a point of two hundred thousand dollars would be seven fifty. Their points four thousand mark. So just a three thousand two hundred and fifty dollars difference in points, let alone their other fees that they charge. BMO Harris Bank, by the way, for four and a half percent, their APR is four point six three two percent. Their total loan cost compared to Jerry's quote all in for four and a half. Jerry's quote at Acunet was nineteen hundred and thirty-eight dollars. BMO Harris Bank, which has got to be a registered trademark of mm-hmm. BMO Harris Bank. Bank uh, of yep, is uh, ready four thousand two hundred fifty-one dollars for a difference of twenty-three hundred bucks for the same exact rate as you can get at low overhead Acunet. So, see, folks, when I say on our ads that our closing costs are one to $3,000 less, I'm not kidding. Maybe understating it. I may be understating it. Yes, <laughs> I may be. And that's where the, the APR can really be of, of some use, too. Yeah, because look at how tight our APRs are to the note rate, and their APRs are numbers different, you know, 4.56 versus yeah, 4.88. That's points. your clue that the closing costs are high. So mm-hmm. don't hate your money. Don't light your hard-earned money on fire. <laughs> You know, click on the blue button at acunet.com. Now, I've got a story here uh, for our last segment of the show after this last break of somebody who wanted to do what a lot of people are doing, which is combine their first mortgage with their home equity line balance because the home equity line balance is tied to prime. And their home equity rate, I believe I just saw it, was 5.75. And they wanted to put that together with some credit card balances. But I'm going to tell you how we optimized that maneuver when we come back after this last break. Interesting. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Expert advice on buying a home. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Brian, we're tossing it back to you, sir. All right, so we are talking about uh, how we're helping people still. Stories. Stories. Uh, And this is a refinance story where we're helping somebody pay off their first mortgage, pay off their home equity line of credit balance, and a couple of credit cards, because those credit cards and the home equity line of credit are all tied to the prime rate. The prime rate is currently at 4.75. There is a 100 and rising. There's a 100% chance, according to the Fed Funds futures market, that the Federal Reserve will raise rates again on June 13th when they meet, which will immediately pump the prime rate up to 5, and then it's expected to get to either 5 and a quarter or 5.5 by the end of the year and keep going from there. So, smart move to put all mm-hmm. these things together. Now, uh, everybody has three credit scores, and so with a married couple, you have a total of six. And in this case, uh, the wife's middle credit score was 742, which happens to be the best bucket. 
And the husband's was 712, which is the third best bucket. And this is despite having no late payments ever in their whole history. So, Jerry, why would somebody have a 712 credit score? In many cases, we see it's the percentage or the utilization of their revolving debt. That's so, right. So as a, as a percentage of their overall line limit. So let's some, say you got somebody with a $10,000 credit card limit. Right. What the credit scoring model likes to see is utilizing no more than 30%. So 3000 so bucks on 3, a $10,000 card. Right. But as that balance then rises over 30% to 5000 or six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 balance, it will begin to pull your score down. Correct. And because so, your, the perception is of higher risk. There's less credit available to yeah. that consumer. Yep. And so, like it or not, that's the way the game is played. And so a good practitioner of our craft called Mortgage Originating, uh, and I happen to be the loan consultant on this uh, on this particular transaction. As soon as we get somebody's credit scores, the government requires the credit bureaus to tell us and the consumer the four reasons why their score is not higher. And the number one reason for this person with the 712 score was exactly what Jerry just said. Proportion of balances to credit limits is too high. So... Acumen Mortgage has a really cool tool called the What If Simulator, where we go into the person's credit report and we drill down and we say, what if they paid down the balance on this card from X to Y? And so I started playing around with that, and I found that by paying down two credit card balances by a grand total between the two cards of $6,200, this person's credit score would leap from 712 up to 758 what and by the way where was i going to get the money because i hadn't talked to him yet their home equity line of credit so all i'm doing is shifting around the balances i'm saying well borrow more on your home equity line of credit which i also put into the what if simulator and use that money to pay down the credit card balances and voila your credit score is all of a sudden better seems stupid doesn't it Right, so it's just an exercise of phone call, uh, going online. Yeah. It wasn't as though they needed to write a check out of their, out of their checking, checking account. account. And we're going to pay off that home equity line balance anyway. So it literally took them about, you know, maybe 40 minutes of hassle, right? Because she, the, in this case, the wife is the budget director, and so she had to move the money from the home equity line to their checking account and then from the checking account to pay down the two credit cards. And then she has to give us evidence from online account activity that all this has happened. And then we submit that evidence to the credit bureaus to rescore the credit score. And if that all comes to be, which we'll find out this next week, if my evil plan is going to work, <laughs> the credit score will go up, and this will save them $297 a year on their new 20-year fixed-rate mortgage. So not huge, but that's not bad for 45 minutes' work on their part. And, you know, over 20 years, that's a lot of money. Right. And it's a it, in an interest rate of a quarter point. A quarter percent less. Yeah, instead of 4.99, it's going to be 4.75 to pull off this maneuver. So that's that's how clever you want your mortgage lender to be. And, frankly, I don't think that most lenders are that clever. Are going either. through that process. No. No. We want to optimize your financing experience. So if you want to get the royal treatment and have a smart loan consultant take care of your financing needs, 
Click on the blue button. Where do we do that? I would do that at Acunet.com. You can also give us a call. You'll find our phone number there. And we can help you out with a refinance like we did for these nice folks. Still right. a great No time. Social Security number uh, refinance. Not checkup. to run the numbers. We'll take your word on your credit score, but then yeah. we will ultimately check it. Oh, indeed. And we are issuing a lot of rock-solid pre-approvals, which is critical in this ultra-competitive home-buying market that we continue to experience to have a real rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval from your friends at Acunet. We'll see you again next week. David will be back in the saddle uh, next week. Sounds great. Right. Thanks, Jerry. Yep. Looking forward to, to it. WTMJ's Community Conversations coming up at uh, 11.07. I'm Mark Sinkris. Thanks for being with us. This is WTMJ Milwaukee. The preceding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Accident Mortgage and Accident Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.